You're listening to the Cornerstone Chapel High School Youth Ministry. Let's head into the service for this week's message. I'm uh, Tyler's younger brother. I'm Austin. Uh, I'm filling in for him because he had his wisdom teeth pulled, and I saw the video. It was hilarious. Uh, I'm not sure if he has it, but if he does, you can ask him. Uh, No. Okay, never mind. Uh, But I've been here with you before on a few occasions. Uh, The only difference is uh, last month now I am married. Got married to my... uh... (laughs) Got married to my beautiful, uh, beautiful wife, Morgan. She is in the back right there. Uh, Hi, Morgan. (laughs) All right, enough. Look at me. No, just kidding. Um, And fellas... I can uh, personally attest uh, to debunk the myth that uh, cooties are not real. If you're looking to uh, you know, pursue marriage, uh, just know it's, uh, it's just a myth. It's, uh, but we're going to talk uh, somewhat about that in today's topic, um, but on a much more uh, severe, traumatic level, like you know, uh, when you're in grade school, when you're in elementary school, I don't, I don't even know where that idea came from. I, don't, I have no idea cooties, but you're always like, oh, stay away, stay away, like they have cooties. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit on a more severe traumatic level today. We're going to talk about, about leprosy. Um, Tyler asked me to uh, <laughs> Tyler asked me to fill in for him and uh, teach on one of the miracles of Jesus, so that's what we're going to hit today. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5, if you have your Bibles. If you got one of the Bibles that were passed out, it's going to be on page 714. To make it easy for you, page 714 in the Bibles that were passed out, but Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 12, we're just going to hit this passage, verse 12 through 16. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Verse 14, then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to him to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. All right, let's do that. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. We praise you. We worship you. We give you all the glory and honor that you're due. We thank you for this beautiful day you've blessed us with, Father. I pray that you would protect us and that you would go before us and bless us, Father. And we thank you in advance for the work that you're going to do in our lives. We uh, pray for winter camp, Lord, that you would um, go before us and bless the time uh, allow us to hear about uh, more about what you'd you'd have us to learn, Father. At winter camp, I pray that you would um, bless uh, Tyler and Barrett as they speak and teach, and um, just be with us now in our time. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All right. So to understand a little bit of the depth of this story, we actually have to understand a little bit more about leprosy. Now, in this room, I myself probably have the weakest stomach. I will admit. So I'm not going to go into too much depth. I'll keep it PG. I'm not going to get too graphic on it. But it's important that we kind of do understand 
exactly what is leprosy and what are the symptoms, what does it look like. I'm not going to show you any pictures, thank goodness, but um, yeah, I don't want uh, any of you to go home to your parents with spittle and barf on your shirts um, because it is that grotesque and um, so I'll keep it PG, but we have to understand a little bit more about leprosy just to understand the full effect. I mean, if we, if we understand what exactly is going on in this passage, um, the in-depth of what leprosy actually is, what it looks like, what it might feel like, then we have a better understanding and a greater appreciation for, number one, Jesus' compassion, and number two, the, just the loneliness and the isolation that this man felt. So it's important that we do that. Otherwise, we could just read this story, as I have many times before, and read it and said, well, that's great. That's a very nice miracle, Jesus. And uh, just kind of sidestep it and go on to the next miracle or go on to the next chapter. So we're going to park it here for today and just kind of understand just the depth of what this man went through. Just the, uh, the emotions attached to this feeling. The emotions attached to this condition. And then have a greater appreciation for Jesus' compassion on this man. Um, so let's see right here. Leprosy. It is a painful, painful, horrendous skin condition. All right, in the little bit of, bit of research that I did, um, I had to uh, stop just because I have a weak stomach and it was like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through teaching on this, um, so I'm going to keep it mildly descriptive. But it's a painful, horrendous skin condition. Uh, red, open sores, starts off small, gets bigger, starts to grow gradually filled with white pus. Uh, I'm going to stop right there. Uh, It's a condition that affects the nerves, okay? It affects the nerves. So you become completely desensitized to something. Once you have it for a little while and it begins to grow and spread all over the body, your limbs become desensitized. You can't feel anything. So if you go to touch a hot service, you would have no idea. And therefore, a lot of lepers, leprosy is still around today. It's, it's known as Hansen's disease today. We'll get a little bit more into that in a little, little bit later. But um, leper, lepers sometimes will often, you will find that they don't have their limbs. They don't have all their fingers. They don't have all their toes. They don't have feet or legs or hands. It is because, not because that leprosy in any way um, makes your limbs just fall off, but as a result of the, the nerve damage that, uh, comes onto your body, you, be, you become desensitized, so you can't feel anything, so you bump your foot, and it, like, falls off, you don't even know, you get, you get cut, and it, like, falls off, or you, you touch a hot surface, your hand burns, you just would have no idea, so therefore, after stubbing too many toes, um, being clumsy, falling, whatever, breaking your foot, it would eventually just fall off, um, because you can't feel anything, you, uh, become desensitized. Um, very painful. It affects your outer extremities. Um, and people thought in this day that because of leprosy, you were being judged or you were being cursed for sin. Therefore, that led to a lack of compassion in the day. Okay, and one of the, uh, one of the reasons, one of the things that uh, lepers had to do was they had to live outside of the town. They had to live outside of the village. They had to live outside of the city, okay? They had to become completely isolated. One of the symptoms of, or one of the effects of leprosy, rather, if, if you are within the proximity of a leper, even a sneeze, even if they sneezed and you were around, the proximity might then cause you to uh, have the same condition, to have leprosy. So they had to be isolated. They had to live outside the city. You were quarantined 
and ostracized, and they were considered unclean. Very lonely life. Very lonely, um, ostracized, could not um, enjoy some of the simple things that we enjoy. Um, They couldn't go to the store. They couldn't go out with friends. They couldn't go shopping. They couldn't hold down a job. They couldn't be around people. Some of the common things that we enjoy today, going out with our our friends, our family, uh, they couldn't do uh, because of the skin condition that um, was very easily uh, catchable by others, they had to be isolated. They had to live outside of the city and live in leper colonies. The only people they could live with was the people with the same condition. Um, very contagious skin condition. Um, a condition not only filled with physical pain and hurt, but with emotional suffering. Um, so just imagine this man has been in isolation for I don't know how many years, I don't know how many decades but has been living alone by himself. Maybe he was married. Maybe he had kids. Once he, once he uh, brought about this leprosy, it became so contagious he couldn't be around his own family. He had to go in isolation. And uh, I'm going to read Leviticus 13.45. Don't turn there with me. I'll just read Leviticus uh, 13.45 and 46 because this in the Levitical law was what you had to do if you caught this leprosy. So 1345 of Leviticus says, The person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes, let his hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of his face, and cry out, Unclean, unclean. As long as he had, has the infection, he remains unclean. He must live alone, and he must live outside of the camp. Okay, so in, in, on top of having this contagious disease that nobody wants to be around, you have to wear torn clothes and keep your hair unkempt and live in isolation. I mean, just to picture this horrendous, uh, very emotional and painful skin condition. Um, it, it consumes your identity. It consumes who you are. So you have to have torn clothes. You have to leave your hair unkempt. You have to cover the lower, of your, lower part of your face, probably to uh, prevent any coughing or sneezing. You had, um, in proximity of others, you had to keep the lower part of your face Covered, And whenever you came around somebody, whenever you were in proximity to other people or you were traveling to another place and you came across someone who didn't have this disease, you'd have to yell out, unclean, unclean, just so other people could scream and run away, and which they probably did. I even read that some people in this day and age would throw stones at you if you had this disease. They would throw stones at you just to let you know, hey, I'm around, don't come near me. So they'd cast stones, throw stones at you just so you'd be aware that you're around someone without the disease. I mean, I can't even begin to imagine the isolation, the loneliness, the feeling of embarrassment, the feeling of shamefulness that you would go through because you had no control over something you just um, brought about. You had, you had leprosy. You had this disease. Uh, it's still around today. It's known as Hansen's disease. Dr. Hansen uh, was the first to see the germ that caused leprosy in the 1800s, hence the name Hansen's disease. Um, but in this time, there was no cure. And there only became an effective treatment in 1940. So there was no cure for thousands of years. Only until 1940 was there an effective treatment for this disease, Hansen's disease, leprosy. So there would, be, there would have been complete embarrassment, isolation, and loneliness. So let's get back to the passage, Luke chapter 5. Let me turn there myself. Luke 5, chapter, uh, 5 verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. So right there we notice something. While Jesus is in one of the towns, lepers could not be inside of the town. They had to be outside of the town in isolation. So this man is willing to come inside the town to find Jesus, 
we notice his desperation in this passage. We notice he has a deep desperation, um, very desperate to find Jesus because he's, we read one of these and uh, we read that he's in one of the towns right here. So he's coming to look for Jesus. He's supposed to be in isolation. What are you doing, man? You can't be in one of the towns. You're going to affect everybody. So he's already looking for Jesus in desperation. And it says, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. Uh, we get a little bit more uh, detail from the Greek word covered is the Greek word um, pleres. And it means to be covered in every part, lacking nothing, thoroughly permeated. So this man's covered from head to toe, head to, do- head to toe covered. Um, Luke, he gives the only um, uh, doctoral diagnosis of this because Luke is a doctor. And uh, this passage is also in the Gospel of Matthew and Mark. But Luke is the only one who says he was completely covered. He was covered, and, um, most likely because Luke was a doctor. Uh, so he was completely covered in leprosy. And notice with me, it says, When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him. He fell with his face to the ground and begged him. You can imagine the pain associated with trying to get down on your hands and knees. When your limbs and when your joints and when your nerves aren't working, you can imagine the pain associated with trying to get down on your hands and feet, trying to get down on your face. I imagine that he didn't even bother to go through the trouble. I imagine that he just went to Jesus and fell right in front of him, just out of desperation. Um, says, notice with me, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. There's a humility here. Uh, to the religious leaders, they didn't see him as Lord. To the religious leaders, they didn't call him Lord. This man with leprosy falls on his face and calls him Lord. He says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. There's a humility here. And there's something we can learn from this man's faith. He says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He recognizes Jesus' capability of healing him. And I don't know if any of you are actually going through um, some sort of um, disease or some sort of illness, or maybe you have a family member going through very tough, difficult times going through a certain illness, certain disease. Maybe you have a friend that's going through similar symptoms and is going through chemo. I don't know. But can you imagine just the loneliness and the embarrassment that is associated with something like that? But notice here, I think we can learn something very important just in how this man approaches Jesus when he says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And he recognizes Jesus' capability, um, but he doesn't... um, he doesn't say, Lord, I know, I know you're going to make me clean. I know sometimes um, uh, when, I, when I would pray, maybe if a family member was sick or something, um, I thought we had to have enough faith to pray. And so I'd say, Lord, I know that you're going to do this. I know it. And I'm trying to build up the faith I thought was required for Jesus to be able to do something. But he doesn't require that we have faith in the end result. He just wants us to know, Jesus, I know that you're capable of doing this. But it's your will. I know that you can. I know that you're capable. I trust and have faith in who you are as our, our ultimate healer. But whether you will or not is up to you. But I know that you're capable. So I think it's something important that we can just notice from this man's humility. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And so notice with me verse 13. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Now, the Greek word for this word, to touch, is something very interesting. Um, To get a better understanding of uh, what this actually meant, the Greek word for touch means to fasten to. It's a Greek word, 
hapto, which means to fasten to, to kindle or set fire, to touch someone in a way that alters. I imagine this man falls on his face out of complete embarrassment and saying, Lord, I know you can make me clean if you're willing. And Jesus touches him. We can uh, know something about the heart of Jesus here. He touches the man. He fastens himself to this leper. Someone that's not been touched in I don't know how long, decades? I don't know. He hasn't been touched in a very long time, but Jesus not only touches him, Jesus fastens himself to this man. Maybe he pulls him up and he fastens himself to this man. And he says, I'm willing. The emotion attached with this. And um, in Matthew's gospel, it says, Jesus was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. That's another Greek word that actually means his intestines were moved. Now, I know, don't freak out on me. Jesus wasn't wobbling inside there. But, um, you know, when we say, like, uh, like I'm very moved, I'm, I'm very touched by the heart, um, it just has a very um, emotional side to it, meaning my insides, like I'm, I'm very connected to this, I'm very drawn to this. Um, in this day and age, um, the, the Greek word actually means bowels. Uh, they thought the bowels were at the seat of emotion, okay? Uh, a little bit gross, but we associate now with the emotion as with the heart, Okay, so it's the same kind of idea, same kind of concept. Jesus is moved with compassion so much so that his heart is moved. His heart is filled with emotion. He has compassion on this man, and he touches this man. Uh, like I said, this, this guy, maybe he had a wife, maybe he had kids that he could never see again because of this condition, and he hasn't been touched in a long time. And Jesus touches this man. My wife was a, a family and consumer science major. She had to take a lot of behavioral, uh, child behavioral classes, child development classes. And I remember her telling me that um, a touch to a child is, is very uh, vital to a child's development, uh, to a child's uh, maturation. Um, same thing with, with, you know, as you grow, as you develop, uh, the human touch is extremely, extremely vital uh, even to survival. Um, and so um, after uh, she took a lot of these behavioral and child development classes, I remember her telling me that um, a child won't fully develop unless uh, they have that, that touch of their parents um, and uh, they're able to then develop and mature and grow. So without human touch, without touch, uh, a child won't fully develop. And humans, uh, it, we, they, children even have the possibility of not surviving, of not making it. Unless they are, unless they have that touch, unless they have that touch by their parents, it's interesting. Um, so it says that Jesus touched him, brought life into this man, and immediately he was healed. It says uh, in thirteen, Jesus says, "I'm willing, be clean." And immediately the leprosy left him. Now I don't know if fingers. I don't know if he didn't have hands or feet, or if he didn't have fingers. So I don't know if it would have been funny to see if Jesus touches this man and then he's got like fingers popping out. Uh, and he's got toes popping out, like, pop, pop, pop. like that would have been so weird. Uh, but it's possible. Um, in verse 14, then Jesus says something interesting. Don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Uh, verse 14 refers to the, to the Levitical law, um, to the Old Testament in regards to how then to be um, ceremonial, ceremonially, ceremonially clean. Uh, to cleanse yourself, to go through the bathing rituals, to f- officially declare yourself as cleansed. And this was a way that then he would then um, present his testimony to the priests. And they would recognize this guy. Weren't you cast out of this town as a leper decades ago? And now you're coming to us to 
go through the, the rituals to be called officially considered clean. Uh, so that would be in itself a testament to Jesus' healing, miraculous power. Um, and sometimes, um, now that we have a better understanding maybe of what this man emotionally actually went through, the suffering, the physical pain, the emotional suffering this man actually went to, I believe that God can use um, a physical healing to teach a spiritual truth. And this um, teaching has been taught, I'm sure, numerous times. But God uses a physical healing here to teach us a spiritual truth. Um, in Isaiah 1, chapter 1, verses 4 through 6, God uses leprosy as an analogy for sin. God uses this uh, leprosy, this contagious skin disease that leads to death, as an analogy for sin. Sin is an infectious, incurable disease that we have, which ultimately leads to death. I imagine that if sin had a face, it would look like leprosy. And um, in an interesting way, because um, our physical eyes can't physically see sin, I imagine that when God is using this analogy to demonstrate leprosy is like sin, he's saying to us, sin in my eyes looks as if how you were looking at leprosy, that grotesque, uh, that grotesque condition. That's how I believe God views sin, just as something grotesque that needs a remedy. And that's how he sees sin, just as something, uh, a contagious skin condition that, um, that one has um, that affects your body and eventually leads to death. So sin is like leprosy, as God says in Isaiah. Uh, once we're aware of the disease, we try to cover it up so other people won't notice it, just as this man did. He had to, he had to wear uh, torn clothes and cover his face to try to cover up his condition. I imagine that's what we do. Uh, with sin, don't you think? Like, we sin and we have sin in our lives, but we don't want others to notice it. We want to have this perfect facade coming to church, especially. We don't want others to see our sin, so we try to cover it up. That's how leprosy is, isn't it? It begins to consume our flesh. It leads to our complete isolation, our total separation from Jesus Christ. Leprosy was uh, something that caused people to be cast out from the town, to be completely isolated and separated from their loved ones. Isn't sin just like that? Sin came in, we, we were born into sin, as the Bible says, and we had separation from Jesus. We were separate from God. Isaiah 59.2 says this, But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your iniquities have separated, have isolated you from your God. Leprosy is damaging to the nerves to the point where we lose sensitivity, okay? This is um, completely associated with our sinful nature. The more we sin, the more we habitually sin over and over again for something, we become completely desensitized to it. Maybe the first time we committed a certain sin, we were a little bit more aware of it, maybe a little bit more repentive of it. But once we habitually sin over and over again, we become desensitized to it, just desensitized to how it affects our spiritual health, desensitized to how it offends God. And we don't even ask for forgiveness. Uh, we don't even repent of our sin. We become desensitized. That's how leprosy was. You couldn't feel anything. You became desensitized to the things that you touched. And sin is like that. You become desensitized to the things around you. And then it leads to death eventually. And that's what sin, that's what sin is. And it's an agent for death. But thankfully God provided a cure. Thankfully Jesus Christ provided a cure, just as in this story, how he touches the man, how he's filled with compassion over this man, over this man's condition. He wants to heal this man and save this man from this condition which he suffered from emotionally and physically. And that's what God did for us. He provided a way 
so that we wouldn't, our hearts wouldn't be leprous, but that he would save us from our sin. And just as this man did, I think we can learn from this man how we're supposed to then approach Jesus if we humble ourselves and fall at the feet of Jesus. Isn't that what this man did? He, he fell at the feet of Jesus and begged him, begged him to save him. He was humble. He called him Lord, in which the religious, religious leaders didn't recognize him as Lord. But we humble ourselves, fall at the feet of Jesus as this man did, and ask to be set free, and Jesus will touch us. Not only will he touch us, but hapto, he will fasten himself to us. He will fasten himself to us. He will identify with us. I mean, can you imagine in this day, the leper is, is embarrassed, is humiliated, and everyone's maybe watching Jesus backs up and says, easy, because then someone, the, the Levitical law, or not the Levitical law, but then the, um, the people of that day then associated an unclean person. If you were to touch an unclean, an unclean person, then you would become un- unclean yourself. So can you imagine they say, Jesus, easy, don't, don't, don't catch this disease. I don't want you to be associated with this man. But Jesus not only publicly associates with this man, he touches this man. He fastens himself to this man and has compassion over him. And if we humble ourselves, fall at the feet of Jesus to ask for a cure of our sin, Jesus will fasten himself around us. He will be moved with compassion. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. And that's what he did for this man. He publicly acknowledged, I want to identify with you. And he fastens himself to this man so that now we can be immediately healed, immediately healed of our sin, and we can um, have eternal life through Jesus Christ and we can be declared as clean and uh, immediately asking upon Jesus' forgiveness of sins He'll cleanse us from our our leprosy, from our sin. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your love. I thank you that you wanted to associate with me, that you wanted to identify yourself with me, that you you came to identify with our, our leprosy, that you came to save us from our leprous hearts, Father that you cured us from this incurable disease, Lord. Thank you for sending your Son. Thank you for teaching us this spiritual truth through this physical healing, Father. I pray that you would go before us. Bless us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. For additional teachings and to learn more about the Cornerstone Chapel Youth Group, visit us online at cornerstonechapel.net.